Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer, aka Sergan Carr. I am speaking with Bridget Patton today. She is the author of Soul Massages, A Journey of the Spirit. She is a personal coach. She was my coach when I did the boot camp where I met Gary, who is now one of my mentors and the leader of the boot camp that I coach for. So we're all sort of involved in this coaching tapestry here. Bridget has started a community of coaches, of spiritual leaders and teachers called Soul Embodied Leadership. We talk about that a little in here. We're also going to talk about human design and the gene keys and the spirituality of Groundhog Day, looking for patterns and information, quantum physics, sacred geometry. Bridget is super interesting. I love talking to her and I felt very blessed to get to have her on the podcast. And while we're talking about coaching here, I wanted to let y'all know that the next eight week unlimited abundance bootcamp that I coach for begins Monday, July 13th. You can sign up by emailing info at siergancar.com. We'll schedule a chat, uh, discuss it, see if it's right for you. I'll explain the whole thing. Um, That's the only way to sign up. You have to kind of push through that fear of talking to me. I'm not a scary person. Get in touch with me and I will explain the process. It is life-changing. You will learn things about yourself and how you interact with the world that will blow your mind. So without further ado, here we go. How are you? Good. Good. I'm uh, actually, I've been experiencing an abnormal amount of anxiety. That would be the truthful answer to that question. (laughs) Thank you for being (laughs) truthful because it makes me feel connected and ready to share vulnerably whatever comes up. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So I, I just thought it would be cool to have a conversation with you about the work that you're doing that I'm a little bit a part of and uh a lot a part of yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so what what do you do Bridget Patton (laughs) so that's such a good question (laughs) (laughs) you know the best way to describe what I do is really just practice being present and facilitating presence within communities and groups. Now that might seem like an intangible answer, but what it is, is feeling inside of my body and knowing when someone's telling a story or if someone's creating something new and I can feel in my body where the story's coming from, (laughs) like what level it's coming from. And I've learned the counter or the, if you look at the yin and the yang, like whatever that polar opposite is for what would draw out that person's optimal uh, design as a human. (laughs) And so everybody gets to live by the blueprint that they actually have stored within them because it's not just one person, like one single coach or whatever that's trying to like help you move through. It's an entire group of people who are 
seeing each other and accepting each other so that whatever version of themselves wants to be born can be born authentically and supported by multiple people with different personalities and backgrounds and, you know, missions. And so it, it just helps people. Um, I don't like saying heal themselves, but it helps people gain awareness of themselves much faster and what is a story or an illusion or a distortion or something they picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I was present at the actual conception of this group that you've created, but I've been noticing how you've really just been taking it like one step at a time. I mean, it seems like they're like, there's such an amazing, I'm just like watching in awe of this going on. Like there's such an amazing confidence in the intangible in you. <laughs> that is, it's, it's pretty awe-inspiring. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, my entire mission here is emotions. You know, I came here to teach about the heart and the emotions, which is really funny because if you're familiar with human design or um, the gene keys, that's kind of a method that the community uses to uh, assist us in making sure that we're holding people in the highest light, knowing that this is what's in them. Um, and my human design actually isn't emotional. It's splenic. And so my sensitivity isn't emotional and I've never been emotional. So I've, I've had to, um, I've had to learn from others what emotions were. And it was really the connection and the love of people who were brave enough to feel their emotions and talk through it or act through it or, experience something different than we've ever experienced feeling these intense destructive emotions together and because I've done that over and over and over again repeatedly in my relationships and allowed the ones to you know fall away that weren't ready to see that this level of integrity and this level of unconditional love is possible um you know making that choice and decision to keep the people around and put the energy into the people that believed in the same um, mission and believed in the same possibilities and not wavering for years, really. And just believing that the impossible is possible when there's multiple people and spirit is involved. Like, the easiest way to describe it is everything happens energetically before it happens physically. So in order to create something new, you have to live in the intangible. Mm -hmm. You have to be comfortable living in the unknown. You have to be able to trust your intuition and your guidance of emotion without seeing the physical evidence yet. But I found a loophole with that because I'm really good at finding loopholes. And that is, you can look at your patterns. You can look at your patterns because all of nature is a pattern. There is always a pattern if you know what to look for. 
And so if you can find the pattern, then it'll show you where you're going. So you don't, you might not know exactly what it is, but you can trust the, the synchronicities and the patterns. Right. Okay. So for my own part, if I say, okay, when things, when things are on course for me, people will invite me to do those things. I don't have to like beg people to let me do it. Would that be a pattern or is that just kind of universal law? That could be a couple of different things. So like you can create a pattern from that if you want. Like if you feel in your body that the, the, um, the highest outcome for you is when you get invited, then you can mentally and subconsciously create that pattern to run off of based off of a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the um, emotions that I use and I've tied a, a belief system to is that I have everything that I need before I realize I need it. And so there's a certain feeling I get in my body when I'm being asked to, to take action with something. And sometimes I can be lazy <laughs> and I don't want to do it because I get drained just bebopping all over the universe all the time. And so when I'm being asked to do something, there's a certain feeling in my body when I know that I could put a little bit more effort or energy in right now and do it right now rather than I need to rest, like what happened on Monday. <laughs> and so if I line that up, every time I feel that emotion, I also recall that emotion when I have something unexpected available to me when I didn't even plan for it and it was just there. So now that's how you can program your belief systems to your emotions. So what you were describing. Cool. I realized I would love for you to explain the human design and gene keys because we've been talking about it, but I'm not sure that everybody listening is going to know what that means already. Do you, do you have like a, a way that you frame that in a short, or we could just talk about the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the gene keys are, um, have been birthed from human design. And it doesn't cover every single, what I call uh, portals, but they're called gates, I believe in human design. I call them portals because when you look at sacred geometry and you look at, I'm not gonna go too far into this because I can really get spacey down in the tetrahedrons and all of that. But when you look at the Merkaba, that it makes up our energy field, and you see the space between the like pyramids and whatnot when you see there's a space in between when everything's lined up that actually creates a portal and each one of the portals or gates or gene keys or whatever the pattern in our body that's in there our energy centers we all carry different portals with us all the time it's a space in between us that actually draws out a version of ourselves when we're with each other. <laughs> and it's so cool. I can see it in my mind. I hope I'm doing a good job explaining it. So basically, human design, when I see something or when I feel something, I just have a knowing in my body that this is 
it. Like this is the highest frequency modality or tool that would help us all understand each other in the way that we're using our energy so that we can use our energy more efficiently, collaboratively, and in a community setting. And until now, I haven't found any language that is as high a frequency as the gene keys, which came through human design. So the vision, the, uh, the frequency, the emotion, the intention, and what the, even Richard Rudd, the uh, creator of the gene keys, you know, he's a philosopher and like a poet type person. You know, and so it really resonates with my heart and soul because of the way that he communicates and the way that he, everything that is written out is, it feels so pure. It doesn't feel like there's any judgment in there. It feels like there's been an evolution that happened in order to communicate at this, this level. Whereas the human design is an excellent tool and it, it's absolutely magnificent. But I can feel in my body that that was what was available then in the 80s when it was channeled. Mm-hmm. And, or, and that was like the, be- the best of the ability of what they were able to communicate with what came through in consciousness then. And so the, the independent, or the, sorry, human design, um, the human design categorizes people into yeah. different categories. And then, which are, generator manifesting generator yeah generator manifesting generator projector manifester reflector okay and and in those categories i know that i know from doing my chart online that there's all these numbers what did all those numbers mean before the gene keys were there to define them did they mean something to they are you can look up the gates and the lines for each one of the um, the human design gates. It's basically, it's based off the I Ching, actually. And so I haven't quite figured out all of the interconnecting um, and overlapping pieces, but it basically has to do with like our amino acids and it's like blowing my mind. <laughs> Um, in the physiology of the body and how we're transmuting and going through a mutation right now. And what I think is really fascinating is when I get to hear from all of these people that are really geniuses and everyone is a genius when you've activated your conscious awareness of yourself, who you are, everybody becomes a genius in their own right. And so I'm always looking and feeling for someone's genius and I can see it immediately because I've just trained my, my brain to like feel for that. And so, um, I like to use the language of the gene keys to look at the gates in human design. So I like to use them interchangeably and together and you can get both of those free online. You can go to, uh, Actually, do you, do you do a link? Yeah, yeah. I can put that in the, if you want to share this with me, I can put them in the description below. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, so you can get your free human design chart reading and you can do a free gene key reading. 
<clears throat> and it just like does a little report on your personal gene keys and human design chart. And I like to use them together mm -hmm. because I think that human design is very evolved and it is spot on. And when I was channeling for people and like feeling into their auras, I'm a projector. So like I take the energy in and I experiment with it and then I see what works and what doesn't work and I report back on it. So the information coming in um, through human design gives us a way to use language that's evolved and of a high frequency that kind of gives you the, in my opinion, the stairway to transcend whatever shadow or unconscious part of yourself is still active. So we're all going to go through this process anyway. We're all evolving. And, you know, people talk about hitting critical mass and being at a certain point where once, you know, we get to the tipping point, there's enough people that are at a certain level of consciousness and it's going to accelerate. Well, that's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, we are doing that, but like at the same time, I mean, I've talked to people all over the globe and these communities are sprouting up all over the place because, you know, we're all not just going through something. We're all learning to manage our emotions. And when we start to feel, we get to change the outcome. We get to decide how that experience from that emotion is going to um, be. And it's based off of how conscious we are and intentional we are as we're feeling the emotion. It isn't about not feeling those emotions. It's about allowing yourself to feel them and be consciously aware of what they're communicating. Mm -hmm. When you talk about community, uh, it's interesting because I can tell that for you, it's that, I mean, because I'm part of your community, um, that it's this, you keep calling it a container. I like that. Um, you know, for all these individuals basically to be themselves. Um, community in the past has not really meant that, you know, community was, this is, this is what we believe. This is what we think. This is how, you know, and this is how you get in the tribe. Yeah. These are the qualifications. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that that's a pretty cool evolution. Have you been part of the different kind of community? I mean, is, is there like an awareness there that you're, you're trying to shift something that you had before, or is it just from scratch? Uh, I've always been drawn to like multiple groups at the same time and never really like had one place that I fit in that that was my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, if I had to pick something that I, I did for the longest amount of time without like, it's usually six months is my thing, like six months. But I was a cheerleader for four years in school. <laughs> so uh, that's so funny to me, like that I still feel like I'm a cheerleader for the people in the container. You know, it's like, I know in my heart, I've witnessed it through my coaching and my teaching and guiding and course sessions that when somebody is given the opportunity, and I've, I've worked with horses my whole life and animals, when they're given the opportunity to be themselves and you connect with them, every horse is bomb proof. 
Like I used to go and pick the horses out for our riding stable years ago. And when I would go pick them out, I'm like, every horse is bomb proof. You know, I'd get them there and they would be so like great and, and wonderful for me. And then we would put people on them at the barn that didn't know how to ride or really truthfully weren't in their bodies at all. And this horse would start acting bananas. And I'm like, what is wrong with this horse? <laughs> <laughs> and so people. Uh-oh, Bridget. What happened? Hmm. We seem to have lost Bridget. Are you there? Connection okay? People are the same way, like I Huh. Okay. Well maybe she will come back. Oh wonderful. There you are. Hello. Hello. We have storm. We have oh. storms going. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> the last thing I heard was um, about the horses going berserk, what's wrong with these horses, and then you said humans are the same way. Yeah, like everybody wants boundaries because when there's boundaries, then you actually feel safe. Like you feel more safe because you know what's expected. And if you look at like a horse herd, for example, everybody knows what each each horse's role is. They all have, it's like co-leadership. And people are the same way. Like they, everybody will naturally step in and do exactly what they're meant to be doing when you're not doing it out of obligation. You're not volunteering because you think that it has to be done and nobody else is doing it. So I, I guess I'll do it. And I'm like a huge advocate. I can feel in my body when somebody's doing that. And quite honestly, at this point, the community is so um, empowered and has so much autonomy over their own decisions and their own contribution that I really don't have to do much at all, but invite, like do the inviting and everybody just fills in those holes, those portals that we talked about earlier, that space between when people say no and set those boundaries that no, that's not me, it automatically opens a gate up that pulls somebody in to fill that need. Yeah. It's amazing. I remember um, listening to Abraham answer somebody's question, which went something to the effect of like, well, if everybody had everything they desired, like, would there be enough of it? And, you know, the answer of course was like, well, you don't all want the same things. Thank God. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's a really cool, like that sort of in practice, of course, like you might feel you need to clean the bathroom sink, but someone might really enjoy doing it. Yes. It's like therapeutic for some. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the other people are in, 
when you realize that not everybody wants to do your role, because then there's people on the other side of things that feel guilty that they enjoy it so much. Like they want to save it for somebody else to do. And it's like, no, mm. like just let yourself do it. Cause not everybody wants to do that. And if it lights you up that much, by all means, like take it and run with it until the thread runs out. So this is another thing that we do. Nobody has like a defined role where they have to stay in this role and this is your position. Everybody has just made the commitment to follow the thread of emotion when they feel it. And when it doesn't feel like it's them anymore to raise their hand and be like, hey, this isn't feeling like me right now or whatever. And what happens is somebody else literally within less than 24 hours picks that thread up and keeps going. It's like a relay race. And it's so beautiful in the transitions and what's starting to happen is some people's information about who they are and what their design is, is coming more to the surface as we're allowing for that to happen because we're all here meant to do multiple things. And it's so confusing that we have a linear career path. Like that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, I kept hearing people talk about Groundhog Day <laughs> and it's like, okay. it kept coming up and kept coming up. And it's like, that is what every day should be like. It should be that level of freedom where it's like, I'm going to be doing this every single day. Like, oh, better okay, figure out okay. what it I've, I've never heard anyone describe Groundhog Day that way. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, I just thought it was stuck in his experience. He is free in his experience. I like that. <laughs> yeah, because he finally had the freedom to, to learn piano lessons and singing lessons and la different languages. And he read poetry and, right. you know, like he got to experience all of these things because it was like it, he became timeless. And that's something I love about the Gene Keys is there's three different pieces to it. The shadow, the gift, and the city. The shadow is like, the unconscious how it might come out if you haven't like connected with it the city is like the evolved version of the shadow so you know we talked about earlier that when someone's hiding and telling a story like what's on the other side of that like what's the gift in that and so I've through coaching and different um modalities of interacting with people and like really being able to draw that truth out especially working with the horses uh, we've been able to pretty much work together and all 64 of those gene keys have come up and presented themselves in a horse session and be able to mirror back the opposite of what the person thinks it is. Like, oh, the horse is acting that way because it doesn't like me. No, it, the horse is acting like that because there's a part of yourself that you're not connected with and that is dangerous. It's dangerous to a prey animal because hmm. they can't read there's you know you're they're not able to read because you're not being congruent and so that's dangerous there's not congruency then you could be a predator <laughs> huh so are the are you using the horses as like a gauge for the people or are you you just working with horses the horses um now today so i evolved from you know running a riding stable and doing you know lessons and that kind of thing and i just it, 
didn't resonate with me. I didn't like having different people on the horses multiple times a day. Like I, I loved building deeper relationships. So I started doing the lessons and I liked doing the lessons because people came week after week. It was the same people with the same horses and they were really be building deeper relationships. So now that same concept is used when I'm doing equine guided learning, where we're bonding with the horses and they're communicating uh, whatever is going on inside of that person that the person is unconsciously aware of. Mm-hmm. And so when there's energy or emotion that needs to be processed that the person has been holding on to and hasn't been letting go of, the horse will have a physical reaction. They'll start licking and chewing. They'll stomp their feet. They'll actually act it out. They'll do some of the most bizarre things to act out what's happening. Like right before we got on this call, um, my horse came and stood right in front of the window and rolled. Like that's a processing of energy. So it was interesting that when you first got on said you were feeling that anxiousness, I had a clue before we got on the call because of how he was responding. Ah, okay. <laughs> interesting. So you have the horses at your, at your house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I see pictures. Yes. That's really cool. You obviously have to do that in person. That's not something that you can do with people online or I guess the horse did feel me. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh yeah. They know. (laughs) Uh, I do uh, video sessions with people long distance. Like we've held um, some of those leadership calls we've done and I'll go out and stand with the horses and someone will record the horses while I'm talking and the horses will be licking and chewing and doing different things while we're having our meeting. (laughs) Okay. What came to me next is what, what do you see as, what is your feeling about what is going on right now in your reality as you see it, but like the world, quote unquote, what, what is, there's, I think there's a lot of information for people to chew on. There's a lot of competing stories and narratives and things. And I'm, I'm curious what you're. So one of the things that I do is I look at all the information and all the data and I find the patterns. I'm always looking for the pattern because the pattern is what reveals the truth. And it helps me discern between what is an illusion and what is my ego and what is real. And so when I look at the messages I've received and I've channeled, so like back in October, I received a message to start this community. I'd been dragging my feet for probably about six months. And I received a very clear message to just like clear my calendar completely in October and just focus on building this community and just allow each step to be guided in what we were doing. And At the same time that I was receiving strong guidance in that, I also received a message that the monetary systems and the hierarchy and how we engage in relationships would be shifting. Those systems would be breaking apart. And recently I saw a, I really like to study quantum physics and sacred geometry and stuff. And it was only the other day that I understood why. And so when you look at fractal geometry, that is based off of nature. 
it's like, you know, when you look at a cell or you look at, I mean, there's images all over the, the, um, internet. You can look at like how the womb looks, you know, the placenta looks like the tree of life and, you know, food that helps the brain looks like a brain and food that helps this looks like that. Like that's nature communicating the patterns to us loud and clear if we know how to look. And so what's happening is we've gotten to a point in, I'm not an astrologer. I don't, I don't have any one gift. I just know how to read patterns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I can talk a little bit about all of it and I understand it, but I can't really communicate it. So astrologically, it's no surprise that this is what's happening. When I look at the gene keys, it's no surprise this is what's happening. When I look at nature and what was going on on the planet and the way the empaths were feeling, it's no surprise that this is what's going on. So when I look at all of those things, I look at what's coming and then I bring it back to today. Like, what can I do today? in order to be a stabilizer in what's happening, to be a conscious channel, to be aware of what I can do with this, these emotions and these energies that are coming in because all of the systems that we currently have in place in the world are based off of man-made systems. They're based off of a geometry that is man-made, that is not in alignment with nature. And so these systems have been going for quite some time and we've just reached that um, zero point, that tipping point, that, you know, maximum capacity or whatever we were talking about earlier. Like we've gotten to a point where enough people have been awakened that it's safe for these systems to crumble. Hmm. There are going to be a lot of pain and suffering through it. Well, yeah, but we were already suffering. We were already in pain. We just weren't conscious of it. This is bringing things that are making us aware of our humanity that we've been indifferent about, that we've been, you know, blowing off and filling with, with um, things, mm-hmm. with consumerism, with entertainment. And nothing is wrong with any of those individual things in moderation. And as long as you're moving towards the greater cause. Like I'm a human too. I like a good movie. I like to, you know, go to a show and that kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, are you being aware of the needs of the world? And what are you doing to contribute to the observations that you're capable of making and the changes that you see need made in your own life? And I'm not saying we need to go out and change the world. The change happens with how you're spending your energy and where mm-hmm. you're focusing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting in the context of kind of the law of attraction world. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time that I spent listening to um, to Abraham or, you know, I, I listened to, to Gary Channel, um, Joshua and a bunch of other people too, and yourself. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily peg you in that in in that area necessarily (laughs) um is the you know the idea that everybody is experiencing exactly what they need to experience um not untrue (laughs) but i think there is a certain kind of complacency that 
there's a difference between staying really comfortable and uninspired, I guess, which some people might say that's how that's that's the only way I can feel joyful. That's the only way I can feel happy, like maintain my vibration. But to also actually push past that and grow and 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 maybe feel uncomfortable and not good, you know, for for that for those transitions. So there's a couple of things coming up as you're saying that the first one is that these communities that we're creating, you know, we're, we're here on earth to experience emotion. None of these emotions is going away. We will always feel all of these emotions, how we interpret the data that it's providing will change and shift as our conscious is upgraded and our awareness. And you know how we talked about, uh, attaching a belief system to an emotion so that you can upgrade it because the higher your frequency is in interpretation that's what gives you mastery over your reality and the shadow unconscious parts of yourself because even though we're living in the unknown or the unconscious you know we talked about that earlier how you have to be comfortable being in the unknown and it's very uncomfortable every minute of your human's awareness when it's like, what's the next thing? You have to really train your brain to allow at that level. And so we have to experience each emotion collaboratively and within a community where each person is receiving the biofeedback from the ages of zero to 21, you're establishing these different systems, these different brains, essentially. And you don't develop this brain until. Uh, 14 to 21. You're developing the gut and the heart sooner than that. And if you're receiving biofeedback that isn't in alignment with who you are and is shaming you or any of those emotions are used in a way that isn't life-giving, that isn't uh, accepting of the emotion so that you can learn how to manage it and navigate it, then it's going to be carried with you until you're an adult until someone can hold that space with you and you can learn how to manage that emotion. And so long story short, these emotions will all continue to be experienced. And it's what do I do with this emotion when it's coming up for me? And that does eliminate the complacency because you're consciously feeling the emotion you're not attaching it to anything out here, which is an exercise in itself. Like that's beyond meditation. That's taking things into realms that we as humans really need to be in to be responsible with our energy here in this world and how we're spending it. And so to answer your question about what's going on right now, uh, we're entering a time where we're moving from head to heart. We're going through a mutation of the species. And these are things that I know are happening. This isn't like an if or when, it's happening right now. And especially over the next seven years, we're going to complete a 240 year process that we've been going through to embody the head to heart process. And so we knew Many of us who had been connected and had been feeling it, have been walking the earth for however long, lifetimes, 
could feel that these, this next seven year cycle was going to be, um, very turbulent because it's like demolition time right now. Like there has to be a breakdown of systems for new ones to rise up because you literally can't repair the systems that are in place. There's, there's nothing to repair. It's, there's too much that would need to shift. Mm -hmm. We just have to create the new ones and allow them to come through. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned a seven year cycle and so the, the group that I was in before the, the teacher taught that seven was the, the cycle of consciousness. Mm. Is that the same cycle that you're talking about? I don't know what he made up and what was, what was real. So I'm just wondering where that came from. <laughs> this is just uh, a connection that I've made over all the different patterns collectively that have come in. Um, and then even what I've experienced in my own life. But there is a, this seven year cycle is basically the completion of the 240 years. So I just like from 2020 to 2027 is when the great mutation is supposed to take place, but there's also multiple other things that are going on at the same time. So um, something that I really appreciated that Richard Rudd said about you know, again, to the complacency that you were speaking of, it's like, well, if we're evolving anyway, then do we really actually have to do anything? Well, yeah, like for it to actualize into the physical, we have to experience it. We have to show up for the roles we signed up for that aren't the singular linear roles that we thought and were programmed to believe that we were supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. It's a multi-dimensional, we're multi-dimensional beings. Every emotion we can experience is a reality that we can live in. And so we have to master all 64 realities, basically, in order to uh, reach that conscious awareness within a community. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to take a community in order to get there because you can't, you can't master it by yourself. Like, you can get the awareness and everything, but until you've practiced it with multiple people, that's what really brings it into the physical at this level. And it's going to, it's going to cross every single system that we have in place right now. And it's so intricate that I couldn't even sit here and explain to anybody what's happening. It's again, it's a matter of trust and we lost you again. Whoops. Just make Hello. Oh, there I am. There you're back. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, where, where did you cut off? It's just I just said, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not talking about, um, I guess I was mostly just saying like with the community that we're acting out and looking for the patterns and we have a choice to look for the patterns that are going to empower us and connect us to nature and our divinity. That doesn't always mean it's going to be pretty. It doesn't always mean it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. Like nature is death and rebirth, you know, like that's the process. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really just being able to, be in your body and feel all of these emotions together in order to see 
what it is that we really could do together in humanity. Yeah. Well, and again, so I'm, I, I would love to understand exactly what you mean by patterns. So I'll give an, I'll give another example and I'll see if I, if I got this, but one of the patterns that I see in information right now is the people who it's like two, two extremes. So there's, there's people who are vehemently pushing for this progress and then collecting all of the information necessary to convince others that this progress is worthwhile. And then the, or progress change evolution. And then, you know, sort of the, all the information and things that back up staying where we are and resisting this change. And then it's sort of, and then the information contained within it sort of is somewhat irrelevant in my, in my points. Like, so those are just like that I would say is a level of consciousness rather than a, which is a pattern, but it's a level of consciousness because people are just acting out from the level of awareness that they're in. So a pattern that is um, an example that I think would be understandable is for example, like one person says something to me, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I fell asleep listening to the Gene Keys and I wake up and Gene Key 49 is playing when I wake up. And so I think to myself, okay, there's a reason why Gene Key 49 is showing up today. And I can't remember exactly what it was, what the insect relation is. It might be mosquito or something. And then I'm on a like group conversation and somebody posts randomly a picture of Gene Key 49. So that's a pattern where I know that I need to be aware of something right now that I don't currently have an awareness of. But when I shift my focus and attention over here to a pattern that is starting to happen, then I'm more able to see what I'm being shown rather than looking over here and being distracted with things that would cause me to miss what was going on if I didn't notice that pattern happening. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as the universe reinforcing this to make it seem more important that you pay attention? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I was, um, I was uh, talking to my sister-in-law the other night or texting and she said that she met this new friend and she was so excited, um, which, you know, cause like making friends in this time is, is, is pretty exciting. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, and then she told me her name, she said her name is Addie. And I was like, that's so interesting. She has the same name as my childhood dog. Um, and I hadn't heard that in a while. And then um, I went on her website and she, or, or she, she sent me, she's a photographer. She sent me like a, an intro packet kind of thing. And she was listing her interests and the top one was Jesus. And I was like, that's, that's interesting. And so I was like, that's so weird. Actually. I just wrote a song today about Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know, those sorts of things. Yes. That right there is a pattern. It's like a pattern that is showing up and it's, it's really just guiding your attention fluidly throughout the day. And you, in, a, in spirit, will show you where to spend your energy, where in your energy being spent is where your focus and your attention is. Right. So it's like, this is where you need to be looking now. And it's del it makes it more delightful even when there's really challenging things going on. Like it may be a pattern coming up where you notice you're a little resistant to 
speaking up when you need to. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, you know, I feel it right now. But if you don't do it in the moment of the emotion happening, the program will not be broken. You won't replace the program. If you project it out and you're lashing out here with that emotion, you're not taking it inward to deconstruct and allow for a new, you know, version of yourself to come forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that that took me a while to get that these sorts of things were worthy of my attention. So it's nice to know that. And, and I, and that's, it's so simple too, cause it's available to everybody. It is. Yeah. <laughs> It, I'm, I'm so used to, cause I came from like the hardcore yoga cult world. Um, I actually did my, my, uh, embodied, my, uh, soul embodied living, uh, talk today about that a little bit, but you know, it's like in order to get to, to be like a spiritual person, there is a lot of work involved. You know, it's like two and a half hours of this. And then, you know, you have to do this and you have to cleanse yourself of this and, you know, it, it's so refreshing to come to a place to be like, no, this is really simple. <laughs> yes, because what's happening is so complex and intricate that it's like we really need to give ourselves the grace and ease of simplicity. And that's what we're moving into. Like, it doesn't have to be as complicated as we've made it, you know, in order to control things. And what it's doing is, is control just creates victimhood and it creates the this off balance way of living and being that is totally against our nature and so um i'm really excited to see what develops in here because you know what already is happening virtually we're just now opening up physically and we just started doing meetups and already an opportunity has come along to possibly move out, branch out, and already create another sister community that is for um, recovery uh, people, oh, cool. people in recovery. Are so you, yeah. is this local to where you are? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And so it would be multiple nonprofits working together collaboratively. And that's my vision is to make sure that everything that we're doing has a collaborative feel and allowing those people to really show up that want to be a part of this. And what I'm, I'm noticing most often are people that are having a hard time believing it's real. Like it's real that people really want to help at this level because there's always a catch. There's always an I owe you, or there's an always a, you know, but only if, mm -hmm. You know, and to be in a container where it's come as you are, show up for as long as you can. And then, you know, if you feel like parting ways after, then thank you for contributing what you could, when you could. Mm -hmm. Like people don't know how to act at first. And so there may be some fluctuation. Like some people may come into the container and then leave and then come in and then leave. You know, it just, it depends. And some people come in and they're like, whoa, there's so much happening. But it's really just it's like an anthill, you know, everybody knows what to do. So it looks like a lot's going on, but every, nobody's running into each other, you know, all the things get done and nobody's actually spending hours and hours and hours doing anything. 
<laughs> so it's really, um, it's working. And now I'm excited to apply it on our property. We have 20 acres that we're, I don't, I know I say this all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I can only like report on what has happened. <laughs> and there's people that have come into the space to offer wisdom on permaculture. And then people that have come in and, and are interested in learning and communicating with the horses so that they can, you know, uh, work with the horses with people. And then there's people that are uh, coming and just being on the property to take photography so that we can document what we're doing. And just everybody's just doing what they would be doing anyway. Mm -hmm. And it fills those spots. It's just magical. How do people listening to this join your community? So right now, the best way to connect would be to go through the soul embodied living and just kind of get exposure to it's, it's $22 and you have access to, you know, right around 40 different practitioners that contribute their time and their love and their, their heart, uh, to really provide all different types of modalities, but really it's just all different languages and communication of the same frequency. It's like giving that biofeedback of the same thing that they're receiving in the community. And then once that feels like they've like gotten their feet wet in there and they feel like they want to do more and they want to be in a leadership role and they want to like have a higher level of energy exchange, then they can move into the soul embodied community. Okay, cool. Yeah. I meant how do people, how do people kind of, um, join your, your living, uh, you know, like, they like sign up, reach out to me right now. I'm doing it through email and it's, okay. uh, through soul embodiment site. S O U L E M B O D I M E N T S I T E at gmail.com. So soul embodiment site at gmail.com. And then just let us know that you're interested in joining the uh, soul embodied living. We do have a website and everything set up, but things are expanding so quickly. I like to stay directly connected to the people. I don't want anybody to get you know, m like missed in the shuffle of everything expanding so rapidly and people creating and getting excited and moving into that space. So um, emailing is the best because we have several people that watch that email that are like holding the container for people coming in. And so that way it won't get missed and somebody will definitely be able to reach out and see what the questions are. And it might not even be about getting in there, even if they're interested in having a podcast interview or something, anything like that, that is definitely the email to um, reach out to. Cool. Thank you, Bridget, for doing this. I really appreciate you and what it you're doing. Thank you for having me and asking such amazing questions to get these, these responses. <laughs> I love doing this. This is the best idea I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, have a beautiful day and I'll, uh, I'll see you in the, the soul embodied community. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Right. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider writing a review, subscribing to it, sharing it. This helps other people find it.